Well, good morning, church. We are going to be looking at John chapter 8, beginning in verse 31 this morning. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you were trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was our murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. The people retorted, You Samaritan devil, didn't we all say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me, for I honor my father and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teachings will never die. The people said, now we know you are possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died, but you say anyone who obeys my teachings will never die? Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, if I want glory for myself, it doesn't count, but it is my father who will glorify me. You say he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you, but I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, as we are here before you, and we have listened to your words spoken to us, God, we ask that you would cause uh, the words of scripture, the teachings of Jesus to be life to us. Lord, would we receive them on hearts that are our fertile ground for your work? Lord, would, would the seeds that you plant in us today through your scripture, 
grow to produce great fruit in our lives. I pray this in your mighty, powerful, and awesome name. In the name of Jesus, amen. So my back has had a tendency over the last few years um, of coming out of alignment. It's due to just the daily impact of stress and sitting, standing, walking, sleeping, you know, the normal wear and tear that all of us, um, all of us undergo. And over time, all of this normal everyday wear and tear um, begins to pull my muscles and my spine out of alignment. And so I'm not able to move around freely anymore without pain. I don't have the, the ability, the freedom uh, to move and live and function like my body was designed. One of the last times that my, my back went out of alignment Um, I thought that I was standing up straight, but my mom uh, pointed out to me that I was actually standing really crooked. Um, I had one shoulder that was up higher, one hip that was up higher, and really it was almost as if uh, my whole torso was like six inches um, removed from my hips, just over and out of line. Sometimes I don't even recognize um, just how far out of alignment my back has gotten until it's pointed out to me by someone else who's looking at me. And so I have to regularly go to the chiropractor to get my back readjusted, um, restored back to its intended design so that I'm able to to walk and move um, freely. In this this passage that we read today here in John 8, the people didn't recognize that they were so far out of alignment with God and his ways that they were actually walking in bondage and slavery instead of freedom. Jesus, the great physician, diagnosed their condition. He said, you are in bondage. You're not walking freely. You're slaves to sin instead of living as free children of God. I can set you free and bring you back into alignment with God's ways. But they were greatly offended by his diagnosis. They fought against his treatment and opposed his work of healing and freedom. They would rather stay bound up in slavery than admit their need for freedom to the point that they were hurling insults at Jesus and trying to kill the one who was offering freedom and life. So this morning, we're going to explore together the gift of freedom that Jesus offers. And to do this, we're actually going to go back to the beginning. Uh, We're going to go all the way back to the garden and creation in Genesis, in the beginning chapters of Genesis. So there in the, the story of creation, we see that God ordered the entire universe. He ordered it so that there was light and darkness, water and land, creatures of all kind and humanity. He set it up how it was all supposed to function together in unity. He he ordered creation in a way that there was a good relationship between humanity and God. There was a good relationship within humanity to one another, and there was a good relationship between humanity and creation. And God looked at all that he had made and he called it good. 
that all things were at peace. There was shalom and wholeness. There was nothing missing and nothing broken. Relationships were all in right order. He made humanity in his own image, created with a purpose to bear his image, to represent him, to rule over creation as God's representatives, to steward it all, everything that he had made in alignment with his will and his intentions. And then we have Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve are here in this well-ordered creation, functioning and flourishing as it was meant to. And Adam and Eve chose what was opposed to God's good intentions. They chose to set themselves as the final authority instead of living as God's representative authority. They had been walking in freedom in the garden, and now they ended up enslaved to sin. By choosing to step away from God's plan for how they were to function within creation, God offered them life and wholeness, freedom and peace, and they chose to walk a different path, a path that led to destruction and death. And really, the story of history is that all of humanity does the same thing. Humanity us included, we follow in this same pattern. In scripture, in the book of Judges, there's a repeated line that says that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And when this happens, we read in Judges that utter chaos ensues. And so not only in scripture, but throughout the entirety of human history, we see that murder and greed, war and oppression, injustice and abuse, this is the story of humanity. This is what we choose. We're out of alignment with God and God's good intentions for creation. And so we no longer live the free and good life he intended. We aren't functioning as we were meant to do. Instead, we're enslaved to sin, to death, and to our own fallen will that continues to choose selfishness and self-destruction. We were made for a life of freedom, and we continually choose what makes for death and slavery. So if our diagnosis is slavery, what are we to do? I'll tell you that throughout history, what we tend to do is we pursue what we think will make for freedom. Like Adam and Eve, we think that choice equals freedom, that we should be able to choose what we want with no restrictions placed on this, right? Adam and Eve saying, why shouldn't I eat of that one tree that God told me not to eat from? We want to be able to have choice to do as we please. Our culture in America prizes choice. This is why we argue about choice all of the time. Think about some of the, the biggest arguments throughout um, our culture. Arguments around freedom to choose what we do with our own bodies, freedom to choose to own a gun or not, freedom to choose what we do with our money and to not have to pay high taxes, freedom to choose to wear a mask or not, freedom to choose to send our kids to school or not, freedom to choose if we want to worship indoors or not, Freedom to choose is what we want because we feel like choice equals freedom. But freedom doesn't come from having a choice. 
Freedom comes from choosing what is good and right and just. Choice in and of itself doesn't equate to freedom. Because our problem is that our fallen self has a will and a desire that is opposed to God's good ways. And so we tend to exercise our choice and we find ourselves choosing what makes for slavery for ourselves and others instead of choosing what makes for life. So throughout history, we we try to achieve freedom through choice. We also try to achieve freedom through independence. Um, In our futile attempt to grasp onto freedom, we think that independence might be the route. Like the, the, one of the songs that is sung in the Disney Aladdin movie that says, no one to tell us no or where to go. Surely this is freedom, right? No one dictating what we do with our lives. A few days ago, uh, my four-year-old son, Tiago, was wandering around the house um, singing to himself. And as he was singing to himself, he was, he was saying, um, I do what I want when I want. Here's this little four-year-old thinking that freedom was being able to do what he wants when he wants. We want to be our own boss. We want to be... Um, to be people who can do what we want, free of responsibilities that weigh us down, free of dependency. Um, We want to be unencumbered. We fought a whole war over independence. If this tells you anything about how strongly we feel about freedom equaling independence. But we were not meant for independence. Independence actually cuts us off from God. It cuts us off from community. It cuts us off from creation. And what's more, independence as freedom is actually an illusion. In B. Milne's commentary on John, he writes this. It was Martin Luther's insight that the human person is made to serve. He depicted the human will as a horse whose choices are limited to who will be its rider, whether God or the devil. The notion of the radically independent individual who can do as he or she may please without reference to any other authority, and an image regularly celebrated in modern post-enlightened culture, is in fact a man of straw. This free person is a myth who never existed and who never will. We are radically, incurably, and eternally dependent beings who were made to serve. Our freedom is not the freedom to do as we want, but the freedom from being controlled by our fallen hearts to do as God wants. True freedom is not the liberty to do anything we please, but the liberty to do what we ought. And it is genuine liberty because doing what we ought now pleases us. You see, this is the testimony of Scripture, that we are either serving God or we're serving sin. If the way of God is life and freedom, then anything else is bondage and death. We can't find freedom through independence and autonomy. So we have our diagnosis We're a humanity in slavery, in need of freedom, and all of our efforts for freedom just dig us deeper into bondage. So what is the solution? 
The solution is that Jesus offers freedom. If we were made in the image of the Trinity, and if God's design was set for creation's flourishing, then in and through him is the only way that we can get back to how we were intended to be, to living the good life and walking in freedom. Jesus gives the remedy for our disease. In John 8, 31 to 32, he says, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And he goes on to say that only the Son, who has the authority of the Father, can set a slave free so that, so that they can be adopted into the family of God. Jesus offers to free us so we can become who we were always meant to be, children of God. He sets us free and restores us to our intended design. Like the people of Israel who were in slavery in Egypt, God comes and he sets them free from slavery to Pharaoh so that they can leave Egypt come into the promised land and be his people to serve him and to be restored to who they were meant to be, the people of God. They were freed from slavery to Pharaoh and freed to belong to God as his people living in his ways. And now Jesus offers a new exodus for humanity an exodus from the kingdom of sin and into the kingdom of God. We're not freed so that we can be independent and autonomous, but rather we're freed so that we can belong to God in his family. It's like a, a violin string. A violin string just laying on a table is free and independent and unencumbered but it's not actually free to live as it was intended to live. It's not free to function as it was intended to function until it is strung onto a violin and tightened to the proper tension so that when a bow goes across that string, a beautiful melody can be played. We are only free to live out our designed intention, our designed purpose, when we are subjects of God's kingdom, pledging allegiance to Christ alone, disciples of his way, obedient to his teachings, children of our Father, dependent on the Trinity and interdependent with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And our freedom is dependent on our remaining in Christ's teachings so that we would know the truth. The Jewish understanding of truth and wisdom is um, reflected throughout the book of John, that truth or wisdom is God's revealed way of living. It's the mystery of how God works in creation to bring about salvation and freedom. So truth and wisdom are like someone crying out, hey, this is the way of freedom and life. Come walk in it. And the Jewish understanding is that the function of Torah and scripture is so that you would know the truth. And if you remain in the Torah, you will know the truth and find freedom. And so now here comes Jesus on the scene and 
He claims, if you remain in my teachings, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He's claiming here that his teachings, his teachings are the revelation of how God works in the world, the way to live to find freedom. Jesus is both the one who reveals this truth and he is the revelation itself. He is truth. He is wisdom. He is the way to freedom in life. And to know this truth, we must remain in his teachings. We have to remain, abide, stay, walk. This is language of of living, that we are supposed to live in his teachings, to stay here, to take up residence in Christ's teachings and Christ's ways. Because abiding in his teachings is where life is found. It's where we're restored back to our intended design. And to step out of his teachings is to step out of alignment with this design. When my back is aligned properly, I'm able to walk and run and lift and play with my boys. I can do what my back was meant to do freely when I am properly aligned. When we abide in alignment to Christ and his teachings, we're freed from our old destructive ways of living and we're free to live in right relationship with God, right relationship with one another, and right relationship with creation around us. We're free to live in the way that Jesus showed us, the way of love, sacrifice, giving up our rights, laying down our privilege, picking up our cross, and suffering on behalf of others. Galatians 5 verses 13 through 14 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is what we were made for. Not not to indulge in our selfish, sinful desires, but to love others as God has loved us in Christ Jesus. This is our design, to live a life marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is what freedom looks like. It doesn't look like choice and independence, but obedience to Jesus and his radical way of love, sacrificial love. But if you're anything like me, remaining in Christ's teachings proves to be a challenge. Our will battles within us between what we want and the way of life that's offered to us in Christ. And so staying in alignment becomes a daily exercise because the daily tendency of our lives is to be pulled away from the path of obedience and discipleship. It's not dissimilar to what I have to do to keep my back in healthy alignment. The daily wear and tear of just walking, sitting, sleeping, stress, um, all pulls my spine out of line. And I know this. I know that my daily habits and life tend to pull me out of alignment. So I have to create 
other um, opposite daily habits, daily rhythms that would counteract the effect of my daily life. And so I have daily rhythms um, to keep me in alignment, daily rhythms of exercise and stretching, um, good posture and the way I sleep, managing my stress, all of it uh, to keep me in alignment, these daily rhythms. And then I also have seasonal rhythms of going to the chiropractor regularly in order to get kind of a, a big major adjustment. If we want true freedom to live and function as we were intended to, we must choose the way of discipleship, the often unglamorous way of daily remaining faithful to his teachings, having daily, weekly, and seasonal rhythms that keep us in alignment with Jesus. And then we will know the truth, and the truth, the revelation of God's way, will set us free. Jesus has diagnosed our problem, and the great physician is offering a path for freedom and health. Remain in my teachings. Will we fight against his work of liberating freedom, like the people here in John chapter 8 did? Or will we pick up the daily call to follow him in the path of freedom? Would you join me in prayer this morning? Lord, would you free us from the sin that so easily entangles us, that so easily pulls us away from who you are? Would you free us from our own fallen will and desire that so often chooses what makes for our own destruction and the destruction of others? Would you help us to keep our eyes on you, to walk and live in your ways, Shape us so that we would have daily and weekly and seasonal rhythms that would keep us aligned with you in your ways so that we would know your truth. And God, would we use our freedom not to indulge in our own selfish desires, but rather would we use this freedom to love our neighbors as ourself. All to the praise of your glorious grace in Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen.